0: Welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic podcast. Jeff Woody. We've made it to 40. Is this 40? What? Is this 40 episode? 40? Uh no, I think this is episode 39.
1: Dang it. That would
0: have been nice if it would have synced up that we
1: had like the the 40th episode would be the first week of of actually like like the first game week and be like, "Oh, it's two milestones at the same time." And we need to go back and re-record another one to make this one So just record one and release it, like, and say that it was released two months ago for the
0: sake of hitting a number. Well, <laughs> welcome to Football and Random <laughs> Things <laughs> on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network, recording in the Carl Chevrolet Studios. Back to school sales event going on right now at Carl Chevrolet and Carl <laughs> Chevrolet of Stewart. They have great deals on all of the following uh, vehicles. All new Chevrolets are supplier priced and up to $13,000 off. On the brand new Silverado, 1,500 double cabs, you can get those up to 25% off or 0% for 72 months. With the brand new Equinox, 0% for 60 months plus $750 cash allowance when financed with GM Financial. Maybe the Chevy Colorado tickles your fancy. it be a great like choice. It, like it did for Jeff Woody. It's a great choice. Over $5,000 off for current GM owners. And then with the brand new Chevy Traverse, over $5,000 off. That's right now at Call Chevrolet. Call Chevrolet of Stewart. You can find out more information at Chevrolet Stewart.com or at Exit 90 at The Rock in Ankeny. And then in Stewart. Call Chevrolet, right off the interstate. You can see it from the interstate. You
1: can not see it from the interstate. I don't know the last time I was heading to Nebraska, or where I
0: would have to head to Nebraska, or towards the western side. Do you take that way to go home or do you go south first? You know why? I was trying to figure out why you sound weird. Why? You sound weird because you put your microphone in the wrong direction. I'm going to turn it off for you for one second and I want you to turn it. I can't trust what Jeff Woody. No, 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 no. The other way. The other way. It says back on it, on on the microphone. It says back. Here. This is what I get for trusting Jeff Woody to do something the correct way. No, I did not. No, I did not. I did it the right way. Now you th- put that part see in. See how much better, put that, that, soo- see how much better that sounds, you put, Jeff? The, you put the actual microphone itself in. No,
1: I did not. You did. You put that part in. I put this one and that one in.
0: No. No, you're lying. You are lying right now. I admittedly put that part in this part. Well, it's around. I think when you, when I told you to turn it so that it would face like towards you, you took it as turning the microphone. I think you turned the microphone.
1: I, regardless, I did it the we right solved the problem.
0: Yeah, I was trying to figure out why you sounded weird. We saw the problem. I figured it out. Jeff, I have to say, we were saved from the weirdest thing of the weekend being the fact that an individual paid $275 to hang out with you. I, I but. honestly was when, when
1: I put that as a thing, I was expecting, yeah, you know, maybe like maybe somebody would be like, oh, like the equivalent of a, of like, oh, if I was to go out to watch an Iowa State game at fill-in-the-blank bar, then say five bucks for a beer, I'll have two of them i'll go with a buddy they'll have two we'll split an appetizer and entree that's like a total for me of like 30 bucks like that's what i was expecting like you know what i'll pick up i'll just i'll pick up 30 bucks like see if jeff wants like that'd be kind of fun like 275 dollars is above and beyond by orders of magnitude what i expected for that to come back so thanks everybody
0: there's just one person it's not everybody <laughs> it was,
1: but like it to bid up like one person like the bid was fifty dollars and one person just overshoots that to 275 i don't know how the silent auction went but it went very well i had to leave like i said i left at four and i again don't have the twitter and so i saw you text me and you're like i don't know who would pay 275 dollars to hang out with you i sure wouldn't and i was like what i think my uh, exact response was holy expletive yeah With a crying emoji. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was right. Which makes me feel a little bit of pressure now. Like,
0: cause you, if it was like, you've got to deliver $275 like it, yeah, worth of experience, worth of value. Yeah. yeah. So like if it was like
1: 50 bucks, like I uh, fine, whatever. Like it's again, they're out like the equivalent of an entree, an appetizer and a couple beers, like fine, whatever. If it's, it's just like a bad first date at that point. Yeah. Now it's $275. Like there's an experience now. Like there's something that I have to be like, I need to come in on like a unicycle, like juggling <laughs> chainsaws or something before I actually make this worthwhile. <laughs> I gotta learn how to ride a unicycle and a month and a half
0: it's just it was it was crazy to me because there were people coming up to you and asking if you would go to these like small town bars which and, I, and, I totally yeah, will i you totally like will. do an event for the entire bar and then it just turns out to just be one person <laughs> i buying, totally buying it for 275 dollars. yeah I, t- I don't really care like i the the fun part about it is i don't know because when i'm
1: up in the box like a lot of times i have to censor myself but mm-hmm. not because i'm like cheering or something but because i'll just like talk to myself about like Come on, stay in the pocket, or like
0: something like that. Where I can't confirm this does happen. I sit next to Jeff during the second half of games, and
1: usually, like I, I just I watch something, and I can't help but like because it helps me process stuff, right? Like in my own brain. You don't need I'll to just, talk to the camera, but like, well,
0: I'm, it's there. You don't need to. I'm just practicing ignore it. for ignore Saturday.
1: It. Ignore it. I'm practicing for Saturday because I have to look back between the camera and my co-host to make sure oh, that it okay. feels natural in the room. Yeah. Um But anyway, so like I was. Like during games, yeah, I'll say stuff out loud because I'll just be watching one guy. You know, maybe I'm watching like Mike Rose at linebacker mm-hmm. and watch him take too aggressive of first couple of steps. I'm like, come on. And like out loud, just be talking through what someone needs to be doing. So every once in a while, like I'll get a look over from me like you or Chris. I'm like, sorry, I'll try and keep it down. At one point I got scolded by the principal and Mike Green, Mike Green came down. I was like, hey, yeah, uh, Jeff, you you got to keep it down It's a professional environment.
0: Yeah, but now we, they they'll be secluded away from us. They Who put will? they put glass up there now to where the the staff will be in one room, and we will be in another room. The inmates will now run the press box yes. asylum. Is that new for this year? Yeah, uh-huh. I, I think that there will still probably be someone in there on some level trying to keep maintain some sense of control for those that don't know the the box it really
1: is a working environment like you're you're supposed to remain objective like you're not supposed you shouldn't be rooting at any point because if you're rooting for something to happen you've lost your objectivity and if you're losing your objectivity as a writer or as a as a writer or an analyst of some kind you can't do it properly because Uh you're looking for something you're looking for a story to happen without actually seeing what is happening um so you do need to keep it so like i think the hardest time that i had and even. Uh, the rest of the the even like the, the the other opposing team I think the hardest time for me that that has happened is the Kansas State game of last year when you're down they're down and then like the, the sack fumble like everybody that covers Iowa State has just wanted to beat Kansas State now for like 11 years yeah. and so it happened you're like oh my god this is happening and everyone's like giggling and smiling but no you have to like stay much more professional. Mm-hmm. So it's this like contained, it's like when you're, when your friend tells a really funny joke in class and you can't laugh out loud because the teacher's going to yell at you, which makes it even funnier because you're trying to like stifle the bubbled down laughter that, uh, yeah, that's the box. So what you guys will get as the experience is me inadvertently talking out loud because I can't control myself. So congratulations to whomever bought that. Also, uh, I told Chris to get either a phone number or an email from that person. Yeah, he did. Okay, just making sure. I did. Thanks, Jared. Way to go, Chris. I did.
0: Thanks. Me and intern Brandon did. Okay. Neat. I'll get that from you after. Okay. Sounds good. You ready to talk about the UNI Panthers? Yeah. You completely hijacked what I was going to say. I was going to say... You were saved from the weirdest thing of the weekend being someone paying 275 to hang out with you when Andrew Luck decided to retire at 29. But uh, then you hijacked it all, and now we don't even have time to talk about that. Well, we man. we can I, talk about it later. Yeah, we can talk about it later. But we were talking about me inadvertently talking out loud
1: when I can't control myself.
0: All right, we'll be right back. Thanks for listening to F- uh, football and random things. Quick break, and then we will dive deep into Iowa State's season opener on Saturday against the Northern Iowa Panthers. Right now at Flooring America. Save store wide on beautiful, long lasting floors like high performance Resista carpet and waterproof luxury vinyl. Plus, buy with 30 months interest free financing now at Flooring America.
2: LS number 138063, 1200 Southwest State Street, Suite E, Ankeny, Iowa, 50023, Equal Housing Lender.
0: Welcome back to Football and Random Things on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Where should we start, Jeff, when it comes to the Northern Iowa Panthers?
1: Uh, I think the the news that you just told me is the, where I would probably want to start, because that to me is the story. Mm-hmm. Um and that is the fact that Lincoln High's own Will McElane is going to be starting at quarterback for the UNI Panthers.
0: Richard, freshman, once committed to Iowa State as a preferred walk-on. As a would have receiver. Been, would have been Wopa.
1: Yep, Team Wopa. Um, and anyway, I went to UNI. I don't know what a scholarship status is. I'm guessing if he's, he's a starting quarterback. At, yeah. If he didn't at the time, he's probably full now. Um, that is – like I, I don't want to, to speak too harshly about him because he is a des moines kid like and you me being a des moines guy like i no matter where they are like i want des moines guys specifically but i guys from the state of iowa in general to succeed um this will likely not be his best start ever this might actually be one of his worst because um when you do when you make your first start or first appearance in a game and granted, I was at a position where I didn't have to do a tremendous amount of analytical stuff right away. Um, but your brain goes so pinhole focused because you can only think about one thing. We have so much juice flowing through your brain that you can only literally just do as like a, it, a, a fantastically small amount of things because you're so excited. Um, and so when my first play was on kick the season opening kickoff of Northern Iowa, or excuse me, Northern Illinois versus Iowa State in 2010. That was my first playing experience. And my heart rate was probably like 250. And being able to, like, all I had to do was just run down, avoid and leverage, and, like, converge on the tackle. And I don't even remember what happened. Like, uh, I think it was a touchback, maybe. But, like, you have so much running through your brain that you can't, like I said, you, you have one job to do. Well, problem with quarterback is that your one job is not one job like your one job is depending on the time sequence of the play your one job might be understand the defense your one job might be get the protection set your one job might be make the read on the defensive end and pull decide to pull and then your one job is to you know whatever or if it's a pass play your one job is to read the safety and whatever like there's a whole lot of things you have to do and when you start getting that, again, tunnel vision, you kind of revert back to stuff that you're very comfortable with that you already know how to do, which is for me was be physical, like run and be physical. If, I, if I'm going to do nothing else, I'm going to run as fast as I can and hit someone as hard as I can, because I know that's what I know how to do. If it might not be the right technique, but damn it, if I'm not going to sprint as hard as I can. And with we so when i was at roosevelt um we played against McIlvain at quarterback and the thing that he'll default to at least he did again two years two three years ago this was him as a high school senior two years ago as a high school senior which he's guaranteed to have come farther than that but i would think at his core it's still kind of the natural gunslinger scrambler where um a lot of what he's going to do is run around and try and make a play out of the pocket um and not throw from on rhythm one two three balls out one two three balls out it's going to be one two three scramble 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 balls out good throw on on the run or pick up six yards in a scramble or something like that well this defense is not built to do that against um the defensive line again we've talked about it is the strength of this defense so there's going to be a lot of pressure put on him and probably not a lot of escape routes set up because Haycock knows that it's a redshirt freshman quarterback making his first start on the road against 65,000 ravenous fans that are going to be more amped up for any season opener than I can probably remember. This will be probably the loudest, fullest season opener ever
0: I would so, in, yeah. in Jack yeah. Trice history yeah. or
1: in Iowa state history, regardless of the field. Yeah. And so the environment is going to be at a freaking 12 and the knowing that he is going to be really hyped up. I wouldn't be surprised if you if Iowa State wins the toss and they elect to kick, like I wouldn't be surprised if they do that because they, they know they usually do. Well, a lot of time they they will they a lot of they'll okay. defer and yeah. then the other team will take it. Yeah. Like they might take it and ele- legitimately elect to kick because if you have a redshirt freshman and that everything's hype like that much, and this defense is naturally like ephemeral in the sense that you don't know what they're doing until they do it and you've this kid has never seen anything like this before and now he has this crazy tunnel vision and now you have the three three of probably the five best defensive linemen in the big 12 all in the same team coming at you and they're going to bring one or two other pressures from somewhere else like there's a lot to process probably by the time the third or fourth quarter rolls around he would at least sort of found his emotional and kind of mental psychological bearings um but the the speed of how everything's going to happen the cadence of how everything's going to happen and the access for him to do the things that he wants to do are probably not going to be there um so this is probably for to me what that does well it bodes really well for iowa state having a relatively again a comfortable game plan because they they confuse shoot they confuse pat mahomes back when Before, there was really this full switch to that 3-4. They confused Pat Mahomes. And now Pat Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. They confuse everybody. And so now you have, again, a kid who is making his first start, who's naturally kind of a gunslinger go-around. Now, I will say this on the other side of it. The advantage to McIlvain is that his natural tendency to kind of break and scramble could potentially settle him down, where you get out of the pocket, you head down the field, you slide, you gained five yards. Like, oh, my God, I, I got five yards and I didn't die. Like, that kind of everything's okay. And I mean that tongue-in-cheek. Is that in what cheek. you
0: thought the first time that you got five yards?
1: Um, the first time I hit somebody – legitimately. So the first time I hit somebody and that, that I could tell that they hurt more than I did was like, okay, I'll be all right. Because – okay, so this is, again, Northern Illinois game. And this was – I think I won it two or three times that year, but this was the first time that I won – at, on Sundays, they'll award like Offensive Player of the Game, Defensive Player of the Game, and Special Teams Player of the Game. And I won Special Teams Player of the Game that week in my first pl- start ever on special teams because of that default i'm gonna run really hard and hit somebody and the position that i played was this was back when three-man wedges were legal um which is not anymore would thank the lord because this was so horrible to be on the wedge side like being the one the wedge buster super fun being the person who was the wedge busted not fun at all so (laughs) wedge for those that don't know is that you have three four man wedges had been illegal they've been illegal for 20 years but three man wedges used to be legal where like this guy this guy and this guy will all come together and just kind of move again like you're a snowplow so you're trying to just wet that's that is what's called the wedge and your job because they're kind of forming this little bubble um is to blow this apart because it allows the other guys behind you to f- creep in there. So it's like you know, you stick a cup of water upside down, there's a little pocket there. Mm-hmm. As soon as you break that puncture that pocket, then as soon as it can like the water the rest of the water rushes in. So your my job was to do this and like blow that uh wedge apart. And the wedge used to just be like you're a defensive lineman that can run a little bit because you have to be run backwards 10 yards if you're on the wedge and then run forward. It's like, all right, you're a defensive lineman that can run a little bit. So the average weight of the wedge was usually like 270. So you have three 270-pound dudes that are running at you and you're like, all right, here goes nothing. And so my job is, again, just hit them in like the hip and make them just either turn or like turn in or split apart. And I knocked one of the guys out of the game because he took his head, which I feel bad about a little bit, Proud of, proud of and bad at the same time, where he took his head down to try and brace with his shoulder, but he missed and he got, I put my helmet in his ear hole and he was out for the rest of the game. So like that type of crazy physicality. But what that, that, that play, when I saw, was, the dude was like 280 or 290. When I saw a 290 pound dude leave the field because of something I had done, um, I was like, all right, this whole college football thing is gonna be doable. And it kind of just reminds me... This this is probably one of my favorite quotes... And I'm kind of like... Marvel dorky a little bit... I probably said it on here before... Is um, in Iron Man 2... The the main villain and the and Iron Man are sitting in a cell at some point, like interrogating each other, and Iron Man arrogantly is like, "Do you think did you ever think you could actually kill me or I- and everything actually you, you know what beat me or whatever?" And the villain, who's played by Mickey Rourke, goes, "Kill you? I wasn't trying to kill you. I was trying to make you bleed because if the people see a god bleed, they no longer think it's impossible." And so that that quote of, "This is a thing," like I said, McIlvain might be able to calm himself down because if he is able to gain yards or able to get these completions you're going to look at this defense and even if you know in your head i'm going to make these i'm going to prove these guys wrong they want to move me to wide receiver there's something in the back of your head that's like okay, these guys are actually really good. Um, I'm kind of nervous to do this. But if you get some success, he'll settle himself down because, again, you don't need to score a touchdown in your first drive, but you get a five-yard scramble and, like, a seven-yard completion, complete a slant here, then if you make a God bleed, it's no longer impossible. So you have this, you destroy this kind of facade of perfection. But other side of that, if he gets tattooed at some point or he's trying to scramble, like which is, again, his comfort zone, and, and he runs him down. Or like he's scrambling or something like that, thinks there's some space available. Mike Rose tosses him, like, like hip tosses him for a tackle. Crowd goes nuts. It's third and 45 or whatever. And at that point, it's what I think that I'm comfortable with, I can't be comfortable with. You remove the safety blanket from whatever he's doing. So um, he could make himself a little more comfortable with that scrambling, but in my gut reaction, this does not bode well for Northern Iowa. Again, taking my Cardinal color glasses off, redshirt freshman making his first start on the road, who's naturally a scrambler and not analytical quarterback. is not really the best setup against the Cyclones.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think like, obviously you want to just, if he's the best quarterback on your team, you got got player, yeah. you know. But that's, right. you're putting putting an individual into a tough position. Like, yeah, you're walking into a hornet's nest.
1: Yeah, you're tossing a baby deer in a lion's den. Like, yeah. Good luck, son. You might be able to get out, but you're not the mo- in the most advantageous position. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I'm, like I said, I don't, I don't know. Like I haven't seen him play. So right, no, no one. And I it, and I don't know what what kind of player he is outside of what you've been able to tell me. I, I, like I said, I think the the team that
1: gives me the most. Like the team that I, I know the least about is uh, Louisiana Monroe. Like I don't know anything about them, but it's oh, that's when
0: we'll bring intern Brandon in. He's the resident
1: Louisiana Monroe expert. Yep. Cool. Uh, at least somebody will be. So like them, just because I've never, I've literally never seen them play other than like on a Tuesday night.
0: I used in, to play with them on uh, NCAA football all the time. Mm. The Warhawks. Because they got. Because aren't they like dark red and gold? Yeah, they're the Warhawks. Yeah. Um, Fantastic logo and uniforms. <laughs> (laughs) nickname and uniforms Um, yeah
1: um but i don't know anything about them but northern iowa normally you at least have some degree of like at least i will like will have some degree of idea because farley will tend to do like every coach has their things that they're comfortable with doing so you can at least kind of bought back to those right and so pretty much all i can say with certainty though by scheme is they're going to be a shotgun offense they're going to be more west coast ish where they're going to try and run their zone reads and get the ball out of the quarterback's hands quickly and let their playmakers um just kind of fundamentally sound go down the field and Every once in a while, they'll let one break. And then on defense, they're going to be uh, a moderately aggressive 3-4. So they're they're likely going to be a 3-4 defense. They almost always are, um, unless they have two stud defensive linemen, in which case they'll shift down to be a 4-down um, for a more majority of the season. So I, they might have those two guys, and they might be a 4-down, but a lot of times they'll default back to a 3-4 defense and play this like a walk-up – a 3-4 in the sense of like the Packers with Clay Matthews will, would do, where – he's technically a linebacker but he functions as a defensive end so they'll play a nose so head up where he's staring at the center the nose is staring at the center he's not really offset at all and then the the defensive ends on both sides will be just inside the tackle so mm-hmm. they'll be playing in fours right um and then they'll walk one of the guys up on either side
0: a lot like what you'll see like the broncos play with von miller right or and uh it's or even uh what Cleveland plays, like with Miles Garrett.
1: Yeah, like technically. Yeah. Technically, Von Miller's a linebacker, but he's not—he's a defensive end. He's, yeah. an, he's an, by all intents and purposes, a defensive end. So they literally, it's just kind of they'll flex around, um, which is good because Iowa State plays against that in practice. So it's not going to be weird for tight ends and tackles to communicate on what they see or, or centers communicate down the line. Um, because really the weird thing about playing a 3-4 versus a 4-3 is... Uh, gaps still need to get filled. Like on a defense, so football is not excessive. Like the, the way I'll describe it, a lot of times is, is it's really easy to understand football to about 80%, and then the last 20%, you're just trying to get as close to knowing everything as you can. Like Bill Belichick knows 99.4% of all the things that you can do, but no one really knows. That's what in, innovation is. But anyway, to get to 80%, the simple concepts like there's a gap between two linemen a gap exists between the center and the guard, between the guard and the tackle, tackle and the tight end, and then between the tight end and the next guy, which is like the wide receiver or the sideline. Each one of those spaces is called a gap theoretically any offensive play as a run play or quarterback scramble or something could go through one of those gaps so as a defense you have to account a person for each one of those gaps so a defensive lineman will be in the say the a gap which number or you letter them inside out so between the center and the guard a between the guard and the tackle b between the tackle and the tight end c and just anyway so you have all these gaps to fill if you have a four down front meaning four defensive linemen if you have two A's, two B's, two C's, which let's say you do. That's six hole, or six gaps that you have to fill. You have four defensive linemen, four of those six, because a def- you're probably not taking a defensive tackle and throwing him back in coverage. Mm-hmm. So odds are he's going to be playing forward. He has one of those gaps that he's responsible for. So you only have two really ones that you can kind of float around, like a linebacker or a safety or something like that's going to be responsible for that other gap. So your base defense is much more set because four – thirds of your gaps are filled by defensive linemen well if you again have those again six opportunities for gaps to fill and you have three down linemen then you only have half of them filled the other three come from wherever else and so a lot of times a three four down front because you have three linebackers or two safety or two linebackers and safety or three linebackers or three safeties is something like some other way to get those gaps filled so you could there's a lot more movement that comes from a three four front Normally in years past, that three-four front has given, at least with us, it was heart us meaning I, when I was there, has it, was, it would give us a little bit of trouble because you expect there's a certain sense of uh, confidence that you have when there's a four-down lineman because if the guys lined up across from you between the center and the guard... 80 percent of the time he's going to run straight up the field so i can anticipate where he's going to be and i can kind of put that in my back pocket of knowing that that's going to exist so i can look for something else because i know that that's going to be there and uh when you have a three down there is no usually like there's no usually somebody's going to do something because it's an it's such an even distribution between what they can do so there's no comfort level which is one of the reasons why Iowa State's been successful with that three-down front, because you can add a ton of movement, right. and a, you know, Ray Lima might end up in the B-gap, which is like six feet, away, six feet and two humans away from where he initially lined up, but they might slant him over because of all this floating that you can do behind it. So Northern Iowa is proud like I said, I, I don't know who's going to be doing what. I have zero idea on their personnel, but by scheme, they're gonna be, a, like I said, a moderately aggressive 3-4 defense, and they're gonna be a West Coast-ish style offense. Are you pulling up their depth yeah, chart?
0: pulling up their uh, – re- what they've got <laughs> returning here. Uh, this says their re- – this article here says that their run game – run game is the key against uh, Iowa State. It, every, you can say that about any game. Yeah, I was going to say that's a very – That's a very generic somewhat sentence. Somewhat vague thing to say. Uh, okay.
1: But, um, yeah, it, the the offense – the offense will, I think, flex more than the defense will it, as – as per my understanding of Northern Iowa and the games, because I think we played them three times, um, and when you when like with the offense, they will do at least a decent job of tailoring their offense to what they do, uh, what like what their players do well. So I would assume there will be very little five-step drop throws down the field right. with McElveen, because he's got a decent arm, but he doesn't have a cannon cannon he's got good feet but he has happy feet um happy feet in the sense like we talked about with Ray Al mitchell where he doesn't stay set very long right where he's gonna go if the ball's not out right now his feet are gonna start to turn he's gonna try and escape somehow um
0: so I, well and i just i the way i imagine it is that I mean, you think back to that game when they played each other two years ago, and obviously there's a lot of guys that are different on mm-hmm. Iowa State's defense, and they're playing basically a completely different scheme than they were two years ago. Right. But they were doing, they were able to do some things where Northern Iowa's quarterbacks were just throwing the ball one direction, and then all of a sudden, Iowa State had a guy there where he just wasn't seeing them. It's a different quarterback, mm-hmm. but it's like – They're gonna. I think they can do some things that they'll trick somebody. You know, a little bit, and like where somebody can kind of. And the way Iowa State's defense has been constructed, they can lurk like those. A lot. Like uh, Greg Isworth, Marcel Spears is really good at that. Mm -hmm. Where he's kind of just. He's kind of moving one direction, but he's moving one direction slow enough that the quarterback doesn't really see him, and then all of a sudden, boom, he's there. And that's how he gets those interceptions, gets pick sixes. So especially – and we talked about it,
1: and this goes back in my brain. The best example of this was Alabama-Clemson national title game of how Brett Venables for Clemson beat Alabama. And it was by taking a guy like Tua who – has all the physical talent that you could ever imagine and he's a to me it seems like he's a really hard worker and a really good leader but he's still young like he was a sophomore last year I think a redshirt redshirt sophomore and that like the, the reads that he would make would be as a redshirt sophomore ignoring his talent and so they would take the way okay, so maybe, maybe backtrack a second. A lot of times, to make a read simpler, you make only half of the field the read, but you determine which half of the field based on where the like the safeties or the coverage is going to be. So, on your pre-snap read, meaning before the snap, everyone's set. When you're saying the ready, or as everyone thinks, blue forty-two, like whenever, right. like that kind of cadence, Omaha, it well, that actually usually will mean something. Omaha, Omaha, that means something, but. But it's not. But ignore that. So, like the as he, as everyone gets set down, when the what the quarterback kind of when he kind of stands there and just surveys, just looking around, he's not just like aimlessly looking around to be like, I wonder where I'm gonna go with the ball. He, there's a very distinct checklist of things that he's looking for, just dependent upon the play. So if there is if it's a pass play a lot of times the first thing he's going to look at is the middle of the field like deep in the middle of the field is there someone there that is if there is or if there's a look that they've shown on film where they'll move someone to that that's what's called middle closed and so a lot of time or and if there's no one there meaning they have just guys deep in the corners off the like towards the numbers or off the hashes and there's no one in the middle of the field that's called middle open so if it's middle closed Play to the right if it's middle open. Play to the left. It's a half field read. Is you're you're taking what you want to see based on your pre snap look and d- d- splitting it halfway. And you're going okay. You don't have to see. You have five potential eligible receivers. You don't even need to look at all five. You need to look at two. And because this is like what uh, what Ohio State with Cardell Jones is this. This is when he like when they when they actually won the national title. He, was, he had played for two snaps. He's a redshirt sophomore, and he hasn't read anything. And so what they would do is they split the field in half, and they'd say, one, two, go. So read number one, read number two, run. You don't need to look to read number three, read number four. Don't pan all the way across the field. One guy, first guy, second guy, go. Um, and so they'll probably give McElvain something like that where it's read one, read two, go. The problem with that is you're going to get a lot of – fake reads yeah you're going to have again we talk the ephemeralness and i love that like i don't know if anyone else has described it that but that's how it comes up in my head ephemeral in my definition of that is something that's hard to f- describe it's something to hard to understand um it is this defense will will f- look you talk you use the pretty good term of lurk where Eisworth might be responsible for the middle of the field he might be that deep middle safety but they trust him enough that he doesn't need to specifically be in one spot to get to end up there. Mm-hmm. So his before the snap, he might be on the hash because they're playing, say, cover three again, three deep safeties, deep third, deep third, deep third, basically hash to sideline, hash to hash, hash to other sideline. So the guys between hash and sideline they can coordinate it where one of them is going to be way out over the numbers, looking like he's playing kind of a double coverage over a wide receiver. The other guy might be on a hash, making it kind of look like he'll spin to a cover one or like he'll play in the middle of the field. And then Eisworth might come up and look like he's playing towards the box. Then snap happens. Left safety goes back to his third. Eisworth hauls ass back to his middle third. And then the other safety hauls back to his middle third. Well, that looked like a middle open. It looked like a cover one. Well, cover one's middle closed. But you know, whatever. It looked like there was a guy going outside, guy going outside. They're playing man coverage up front. Well, shoot. They just went to three guys back and playing zone underneath. My pre-snap read is completely off. And now because of that completely off, if I'm looking towards say my middle closed side or middle open side is left then yeah. the pre-snap read that I thought was going to happen is to my left red shirt. Freshman, is now going to be like shoot it's middle open or it's middle closed i have to go to the other side and now he's going to spin his whole side or his whole hips to this side now this may only take like one second like literally a thousand one of me seeing shoot it's open but my hips have already gone to the left side now my hips have to come all the way back to the right side if he was to play the right side in the first place The timing starts at zero seconds it doesn't start at one second so now your timing is totally off over here so you have to scramble throw this we have to somehow put it late or over the ball or late or where it shouldn't be so now i'm gonna go late throw to the right which the ball's late it's a bad play or i have to scramble i have to bail you now have ray lima Eni Wazarike, jaquan bailey and whatever other blitzer they're gonna bring coming bearing down your neck will mcdonald running at you full freaking speed you got about three seconds before the offensive line can't stay in front of them anymore because they're really good before the ball gets out so again 1001 1002 1003 ball's gone if you go 1001 shoot reread the whole thing switch the other side of the field now i have to reset my own clock 1001 1002 ball's gone so the way that Iowa State's defense will play is not conducive to a new quarterback because of a lot of different things. One is pass rush. One is the lurking that you talked about where they're going to show you what you think you see and then on the snap, change it completely and make your brain not process what's going on.
0: I mean, that's what even... Like, I think back to the national championship game with Clemson and Alabama and what Clemson was able to yeah, do really exactly the well thing I was against that, Tua. I mean, yeah. They were even confusing him, mm-hmm. which it helps that Clemson has five stars all over the field that these this, guys are but, just like but the scheme is. But the scheme is not necessarily athletic. Athletically, you can get away with stuff like
1: that. But by scheme, it was perfect because the yeah. timing happens where you can – if you know when the ball is going to be snapped, like – 40 yard dashes you know people are getting the guys that are like five stars are finishing in 4.4 seconds a guy is finish a a slow 40 is 4.6 seconds it's not that different no yeah but if you're if you're smart about it it, if you know when you're gonna get there then if i'm if the cadence is like ready 361 361 red ready 361 said go if that's your cadence and i know how long from the time you first say red 361 to the time you say go i know what i'm gonna be i know when i can get there i know when i'm gonna be doing things you have a concerned look on your face yeah
0: i think the battery died on the camera well we're all audio now i guess so sorry facebook users we're all audio now yeah we can
1: fix it during the next break yeah we will um I'll try and avoid having any super juicy content between now and then. But yeah, this defense is going to be um, for a new quarterback. This defense is probably the worst possible way that you could set that up, uh, or you, you could set up your first start. Granted, he's gonna have, kid's gonna have a chip on his shoulder, but still, not your not your best chance.
0: All right, we'll take a quick break. I'll see if I can fix the camera. We'll be right back. Football and random things on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network.
2: Check out our monthly specials at Floors Direct on carpet. Hardwood and luxury vinyl to save you even more. Bigger selection than the home centers, expert service, and always better value. Floors Direct. Say yes to paying less. Hello, Cyclone fanatics! It's Chris Williams, and you all know that Cyclone spirit is a force to be reckoned with. I want to tell you about something today, though. It's called Through the Forever True for Iowa State. It's a campaign, a historic. Initiative by the Iowa State University Foundation. It's to raise donations that will benefit every aspect of the university. Cyclones everywhere are helping to reach the unprecedented $1.5 billion goal. More than 81,000 donors have given to the campaign thus far, including over 27,000 first-time donors. So far, they have gifted more than $1.2 billion dollars the cyclone energy is truly unstoppable now this campaign has achieved an amazing amount of success thanks to gifts of every size and the impact it's been seen across campus from the sukup south end zone and the north end zone construction to the thousands of students who receive scholarship support you can learn more about this at ForeverTrueISU.com because the world needs more cyclone spirit
0: welcome back to football and random things to all the people watching on facebook live camera battery's dead nothing i can do about it right now sorry uh we'll be like at the 35 minute mark if you guys want to pick it up on the podcast though so well, i mean we're they're already here well yeah or you can continue to listen to it and on audio i guess but that's not very exciting i'm we just going to end the stream and then okay they can listen yeah okay okay all right. Let's talk about Iowa State's offense against the Northern Iowa defense. What uh, do, you, do you still have their, Whether it's an article or something pulled up on what their returning starters are. Yeah, I do. They have eight returning returning starters on defense. Okay, that's good. Um, eight returning starters on offense and eight returning returning starters on defense. That's good. The 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 defense
1: that the thing that Northern Iowa will get it will get their the, that they they get their strength from is one being unique in the sense that they're, like I said, moderately aggressive. What I mean by moderately aggressive is a a, a very aggressive 3-4 is someone that's going to bring four people to the quarterback all the time. Every single down, they're going to bring four four people to the quarterback. So if you have your three linemen rushing you determine where that fourth one's going to be all the time a, a, a very passive three four which iowa state can at times and especially initially when they first started the three four they we were very passive three four where a lot of times usually the majority of the time they'd only rush three and they would drop eight into some kind of coverage the, the you know the very aggressive ones like i said will always bring at least four the ones that are moderately aggressive are, in my brain, would be ones that will likely bring four, but a lot of times are comfortable with just bringing three. So they will, I would say Northern Iowa qualifies into that again, moderately aggressive 3-4 defense. Um, having eight guys, be, eight guys back, like I said, their, their strength is the, their uniqueness and their capacity to do a lot of different things. And then say what you will about their talent level, which is usually pretty good. Like their talent is usually solid, especially their ones are are probably all every one of their ones could probably play at a, at a, a an FCS or an FBS, excuse me, right. an FBS school. They sh- they most of their starters can. It's where their backups, a lot of times the number twos, probably can't, um, and that's when you start getting into trouble. And so in order to to keep that from happening, they play just fundamentally sound. St- stable football because then you don't re- if you're relying on the athleticism of your safety to do some kind of crazy thing when you when that safety has to take a break or if he were to get sprained ankle or something like that and you put your backup in and your defense is predicated on something that somebody can't do so their defense even though a lot of times it can be ag- or sometimes it can be aggressive they just fundamentally do things that they know is easy and technically sound to do so they're always very good at tackling they're always going to be in their gaps when they need to be they're going to be in their coverage zones when they need to be are they going to get run by at times? Yes. They, again, usually their ones are talented enough. Right. I mean, how many UNI Panthers versus Iowa State Cyclones are in the NFL over the past 10 years? Probably a pretty similar amount, I would think, which says something about both schools. But now the I'd talent say
0: price says more about Iowa state than right. it does
1: about Northern Iowa, but still the talent level is pretty good yeah. at Northern Iowa. So the, the, the talent difference, especially across the ones hasn't been that different over time. Um, I would say now it's starting to, to, to pedal back to being Iowa state's talent is, is higher. But as Kansas state demonstrates every year, fundamentals beats talent where if you can just be a solid tackler and make, that make that be the the fundamental tenant of your offense right you're going to be fine more often than not so that's what they're going to rely on is being moderately aggressive but they're not going to get themselves drastically out of position so if there is a big play that happens it's because a guy did something stellar on offense it's not because someone screwed up on defense like rarely are you going to see that you know wide open tight end running butt naked down the middle of the field because someone just forgot to cover him there's you're very rarely going to see that against northern iowa they're always very disciplined very in their spots very well coached um the like i said the the good part about it is that they do that the bad part about that is if you are to get them on the ropes it's hard for them to come back off the ropes against a team that has better talent because they can't put twos in at the same interval that they can put their ones in because their twos are even a farther step behind athletically than their ones are. Now, when you have David Johnson, like the, the game that comes to mind is when they played Iowa and David Johnson had like 250 yards receiving, that guy can make that happen. He can, ma- he can make up for right. what he, they're doing. He can, because he can his, be an equalizer. his talent is superior to everybody else. Yeah. But they, I don't think they have that. They don't have that guy. Again, maybe they do, and we just don't know about it because we didn't know about David Johnson until we played him. So maybe they have that guy, or maybe they have one of, one of those guys somewhere. But likely, it's a team that is going to be super fundamentally sound, and if you can earn your way down the field and get them to a position where they got to start taking haymaker shots, they open themselves up for a lot more problems. Um, there, I would say eight returning starters. Northern Iowa's defense is never bad. They're never a team that you're going to just drop 50 on. But I do think they're gonna have to have a death by a thousand cut situation just because Iowa State's offense should be fundamentally sound and their their offense isn't gonna likely do much. So they're gonna need to they're gonna need to keep Iowa State's offense out of scoring position, which is gonna be really hard against a team that's bigger, faster, and stronger than they are, at least marginally with yeah. their ones and then significantly with their twos. So again, that it's that fight metaphor, it's that boxing metaphor of rounds one through six if you are the favorite and you know that you're in better condition which with iowa state or with football context your ones are going to be your first few rounds your Uh twos are going to enable you to get to the final five rounds and they're you know you'll sparingly start your you'll rotate your twos in again in the first quarter to give your ones the capacity to have energy for the fourth quarter especially week one when you're not all the way in football shape you're just coming out of camp if iowa state can win they don't have to markedly destroy northern iowa in the first two quarters or the first five rounds of this fight they just have to wear them down to let their to to let the holes start opening up in the third fourth quarter and then they can start to comfortably separate around so if we were to say what i would if if i were to say what i think would happen is there's so much expectation there's so much energy The only way that this gets really like blown open in the first half is if they get to McElvain and start to rattle him a lot and they can get interceptions and really good scoring position or they can just score off offensive turnovers. Um, But I would say it's probably less comfortable than most people would want in the first quarter and a half. But by the time it gets to be the middle of the third quarter into the start of the fourth quarter, the depth that Iowa State has is going to affect northern Iowa's depth and it starts to spread comfortably comfortably by the middle the middle third quarter towards the beginning of the fourth quarter and then you hopefully should be able to put in your guys your guys that you want a red shirt to give them snaps by the fourth quarter but so the message is if it's 17 to 10 in going into halftime don't panic it's not this team isn't worse than we thought it's not you and i's a good team they always are they have 16 returning starters they're going to be good but it's the depth that they're going to have the problem with just because of the number of scholarships they have and the talent level they're recruiting third and fourth quarter is where it starts to become really worrisome if you're
0: northern iowa because you're just going to get tired so for you coming out of saturday what do you want to see in order for you to walk out I, I specifically on the offense we've talked a lot about the defense at mm-hmm. this point, specifically on offense what do you want to see for you to be feeling good going into the bye week? I want to see um the uh, the running game
1: it they don't need to run for like two hundred yards. I want to see the running game where the running back is getting hit at three yards generally where yeah. he's getting contact his yeah. first contact is two did three yards on the again field last week
0: I did yeah. Um, Anything jump out to you that you didn't see the first time? not necessarily no um
1: i I think this coaching staff really respects their players and every very mature team that just culture wise uh they've come a long ways but i think beyond that i would be talking more than i should um so they looked good and i don't have any problems with it and and like i said they respect their their players in the sense that if they could i think if someone they feel like somebody's getting worn down physically they'll give them a break and they'll let them actually kind of recover before the season so um very comfortable, and I think the, I will say this: the one takeaway that I got from that was actually I think special teams should take a drastic step forward from last year okay. to this year. They have a new coordinator, and the way that they're they, coach- don't, I, they don't have a coordinator; they coach it all together. But you know, what, so that yeah, would be yeah, a new yeah. coordinator, it's not yeah. one guy. And so they're they are the way they run that, is, the way they're coaching that is going to be, I think, really successful. So special teams should take a big step forward. But otherwise, I think there's not a lot to notice or not a lot to say that I should be saying. Um, anyway. what what i want to see out of the offense is really two things um like i said one is does the running game happen because of the line not because of the talent of the running backs so whether it's johnny or Kinney or sheldon or whoever breeze whoever's playing do they get again contacted at three yards because the first five yards of a run are the hardest five yards of a run because that's when all the pressure is it's where all the it's where the defenders are concentrated so that's where all the most intense blocking has to happen where as a running back you have to take your track and set your blocks up perfectly and then you can make your break to move so that like montgomery what he would do is he gets hit at one yard in the backfield but he's so freaking talented that he just ends right. up with seven yards because he breaks nine tackles right. you shouldn't have to do that to get a running game going so does the running game start with the running back or does the running game progress to the point where the running back is getting contacted three yards down the field that's point number one point number two uh i want to see purdy's completion percentage really high i don't care about his yards at all like not even a little bit what his passing yards are i want his completion percentage up because this offense is going to be he will get his shots because of the way that he plays, and we talk about him being settled a lot all the time, one of the great things he does is get out of the pocket when he needs to, to get out of the pocket and make something out of nothing. He does that really well. So he's gonna get his shots in the pocket, out of the pocket, he's going to take them. The thing that I want to see is that if he's throwing 31 passes in a game, he completes 25 of them, 24 of them. It's a very high completion percentage because the talent that you have is get it to your tight ends, get it to your wide receivers, let Deshante go do something with it, let number seven go do something, let, let 17 go, go, let these guys go be football players and don't hold on to it too long because if you're holding on to it too long, that completion percentage goes down because the throws become exponentially harder so that's my thing that i want to see if his completion percentage is really high again independent of yards if he throws for 170 yards but he throws for four touchdowns and 170 yards four touchdowns and 78 percent completion percentage perfect day he doesn't need to throw for 300 that that's that fantasy football garbage doesn't need to happen it's get your way to progress down the field as much as is necessary and this offense will run well on efficiency so those two things on offense to me are movement in the running game so the running back is not having to do all of it by himself and then purdy's efficiency and getting the ball out and getting it completed those are the two things that i'm looking for
0: all right man i'm pumped i'm pumped too and the weather is going to be i'll see you at bright and early at the crack nice. of dawn well it's eight o'clock on saturday morning we'll be we'll be live we'll be live from the north side of jack Trice stadium for the iowa Port tailgate show mm, that sounds so nice on 1460 cakes, no. That sounds so nice. B, you, me, and Chris Williams. How, okay.
1: Normally 11 a.m. games, like, people will start kind of trickling in at, like, 10 o'clock. Or yeah. like, 930, just because, you know, they have kids stuff to do in the mornings or whatever. Or have to wait for the babysitter to get there. How early do you think the parking lot is going to be at capacity full? Like, normally it's probably 10, 10 o'clock, right, before sort of before the game starts. I bet at 830. Yeah.
0: I was going to say, during during the show, I think that it will be a lot busier than it normally is. Yeah. Walking I, around out there. I think, because, you, yeah, usually you'll see, like, the, the tailgating
1: lots in the between tri, or Jack and Hilton. Like, they'll kind of be empty, and then we get the show over, and I go, to like, stop at a couple tailgates I want to and get, into the, get towards the game. You come back, and you go, like, oh, okay, it's, yeah, 1030, it's all full, the stadium's going to be big. I bet, yeah, by the time we're done with the show, I bet most of it's filled.
0: Yeah. I was thinking about something where if in two weeks, if game day did come to Ames, I was like, man, I would hate for college game day to have to compete with the crowd of the Cyclone Fanatic tailgate show powered by Iowa Pork, but. There are dozens, dozens of people
1: that at least casually look by (laughs) as they're walking to another tailgate, dozens.
0: And most of them are our friends. <laughs> yeah, most of, them are, most of them
1: are friends or people that are like, hey, I've stopped here every every time for seven years now. I'm just going to give you some knuckles and leave. I don't want to hear what you say. I just want to. Or it's Cyclone Jerry who stops to talk to Chris. Yep. Or, uh, yep, that's Cyclone Jerry's pastime. Where were they? I think they would set up on the, if they were to. on the. No, south, I already know where they would set up. South
0: End Zone? No. No. We can talk about that later. Okay. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will talk to you guys again soon. Oh, I'll also say tomorrow at 5.30, we are doing our first Stands and Fits Facebook Live. Neat. 5.30 p.m., not 5.30 a.m. That's very early. No one's going to be watching. No one would. No. No one would be watching. That would be like a, a wake-up cyclone nation show. <laughs> You'd be Who's Kathy Lee and who's Hoda? All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Peace.